Amen. They are faithful, and I appreciate their hard work and efforts. Amen. Amen. We are blessed by that ministry, faithful ministry of music, and, and I'm glad for it. How about you? Amen. Well, we've come to the most important part of the service, and that is to receive the Word of God from the man of God. We are blessed and honored to have Brother Puentes here today. Amen. Amen. Appreciate this young man. It's, you were here a few months ago. Amen. And uh, we were blessed by your ministry then and, and looking forward to it today. Um, I want to lift up before he comes to the pulpit. Brother Puentes is the grandson-in-law of the dear sister Joy Haney that we lost how many heard of Sister Joy Haney? Amen. The Haney family has impacted this Pentecostal movement for many years in a mighty way. And uh, her husband, Brother Kenneth Haney, has already gone on to be with the Lord. And he was the superintendent of the UPCI for many years. Just a tremendous man, tremendous family there in Stockton. And he is the grandson-in-law. Of, of them and his wife could not be here because of the unexpected death of their grandmother sister joy haney but i'd like us all to stand and pray for this family amen they have meant so much to this movement and given their lives for this movement and this message and let's pray for them and their family appreciate brother puentes still being here but his wife could not be here let's pray for the, all those affected by that lord jesus we come to you today god God, and we lift up this family that is suffering great loss, but we know she, Sister Haney now has great gain, and she is with you, God. But the rest of them are here today and in their respective places, and I ask that you give them strength, that your spirit would move in, that the spirit of peace and comfort which would surround them, let your ministering angels be around them, Lord God. Be the lifter of their head, dear Lord Jesus. We pray this, God. Touch the family members, the church members that all this affects, dear God. Give them strength today, dear God. Give them joy today, Lord. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church say, amen. Thank you, church. You may be seated. Amen. But we'd like you to come, Brother Puentes. We love you and appreciate you. Let's give the man of God a hand this morning. Amen. Can we stand to our feet and just magnify the Lord for a moment? Amen. You clap your hands unto Jesus. Why don't you follow up with a voice of praise right now? I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. Can you just lift your voice and shout hallelujah? Oh, he is worthy of it. Amen. He is worthy of it. Amen. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. He is the one that forgives us our iniquities. Praise God. Has anybody's sins been forgiven? You ought to lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, you ought to lift your voice and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, we got two that are waiting to worship God here this morning. If you're ready to worship God, you ought to just give some liberty right now. And you ought to just take a moment and thank the Lord for everything that he's done for us. Oh, God, you are worthy of all the glory and all the honor 
in this place. We exalt your name on high. Amen, 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 amen. And I tell you something, I feel a preaching spirit on me. Is that all right? I, I just feel to take my liberty in the Holy Ghost here for just a moment. I, I know Bishop isn't here right now, but Jesus is here. Come on, Jesus is here. I, I feel him in this platform. I bet you, you feel him in the pews. Come on, do you feel him in your body? I, I feel him flowing through me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Amen, amen. Praise God. I am excited for what God's about to do. Amen. What the Lord has been doing with this wonderful church. It is an honor and a privilege of mine to be able to return to Cornerstone Liberty Lake. Amen. I know some of you uh, still don't know much about me, but um, I, I feel just such a strong connection and burden with what God is doing in the city of Spokane. Anybody believe that God is doing something in this city? Amen. So I, I feel a great connection uh, even beyond just ministry or preaching and prayer. I felt such a great connection with what is about to happen, I believe, in the Holy Ghost. What God is preparing and releasing and unleashing in this city. And so I, I'm just, man, I'm an advocate for revival. I believe in revival. Praise God. Amen. So it is a, it is a great privilege of mine to be here today. Um, my wife was unable to make the trip with me uh, because of the unexpected loss. Um, but keep her in your prayers, the family. I truly appreciate the prayers of this church. And uh, I believe I'm, I'm actually flying today back to California. And uh, going to spend time with them during this time of mourning. But uh, I know that she is uh, with the Lord. Amen. And so I'm so, so, so uh, grateful to be here in this house this morning. Quickly, the book of Genesis chapter 3. Amen. The book of Genesis chapter 3, if you have your Bibles. Praise God. Amen. As you're going there, I'd like to give honor quickly to um, the bishop of this wonderful church, Pastor Rick, Rick Mayo. Amen. His lovely wife, his family. Anybody thankful for the bishop? Praise God. Amen. Thankful for his leadership. Uh, I was able to meet him last year and Man, he's left such a great impact in my life, my wife's life. And so I'm so thankful for his leadership and his covering and the impact that he's done in this region. And I say region because his impact goes beyond Spokane. Praise God. And I believe the impact of this church goes beyond Spokane. Amen. And so, so thankful for the connection the Lord has made. And um, I'm thankful for... Uh, all the accommodations, everything that the church has provided for us. Uh, I appreciate that greatly. Thank you so much. Uh, man, we've we felt like we're at home. Amen. And so it's been such a great time that we've spent here for the past week, week and a half. But uh, we're, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for 
to have the opportunity to say we have family in Spokane. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, so thankful for that. Genesis chapter 3, give honor to the ministry team, everybody else that makes a part of the body, that uh, the administrative body of this church, um, the musicians, the singers. Man, you guys have wonderful worship team. Amen. You guys have a great worship team that works hard. And uh, I give honor to you, to everybody else that makes a part of what Cornerstone is. Give honor to you today, our guests and visitors. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise God. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 14. When you have it, you can say amen. Bible says, And the Lord God said unto, ser unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly thou shalt go. And dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse number 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. I want to preach to you this morning on a simple subject, and it's shifting the hostility. Shifting the hostility. You want to put your Bibles aside, lift your hands to heaven, and ask the Lord to speak to you this morning. Jesus, we've gathered, gathered in this place, oh God, to hear your word, to be ministered by your spirit, to understand what is your plan, God. I pray revelation, Lord, be released in this house in Jesus' name. Clarity and understanding, oh God. As you begin to minister to us your word, Father. I pray you anoint it, God. I pray you anoint every individual in this house, God, to receive what you have for them today, Father. I pray an uplifting of faith, Lord. I, I, I pray that their faith may be lifted here this morning, oh God, according to your will and according to your purpose, oh God. Let them see what you want them to see today. For your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I pray, God, let there be a downloading of your thoughts this morning, Jesus. Let the, let, let, let the very words that come forth out of my mouth may not be the thoughts of man or, or words of man's wisdom, but let it be in the demonstration of the power and of the Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. We've come for a move of God. We've come to feel your presence. We've come to hear your word. There is great anticipation and expectation in this house to hear what thus saith the Lord. I pray against any opposition. I pray against any distraction. In the name of Jesus, I bind it right now. Let there be freedom in the Holy Ghost. Let your spirit move with all liberty. Let there be a great flow of your spirit in this house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Someone ought to lift your voice and say, in the name of Jesus. Come on, you ought to do it boldly in the name of Jesus. Come on, you ought to do it with all authority in the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise God.
We're here in the book of Genesis, chapter number 3, which is a very crucial chapter in the history of humanity. This very chapter was very, very crucial to the trajectory of where humanity was now headed towards after the fall of man. God sentences or pronounces a judgment upon those that were included in the disobedience, those that were included in this great fall. And interesting enough, what I want to highlight to you today is the curse that was placed upon the serpent, the curse that was placed upon the enemy, the very enemy that beguiled Eve into disobeying the commandment of God. Interesting enough, the Bible states in verse number 15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Interesting enough, uh, the Bible there, enmity, is just King James language for hostility. I will place hostility between you and the woman. I will place hostility between your seed and her seed. Let me just stop here and let you know hostility was God's idea. The contention that now lives between humanity and the devil was not Adam's idea. It was not Eve's idea. It was not even Satan's idea for there to be contention between humanity and the devil. The Bible says God instituted contention. I wish I had a, a church to preach at right now this morning. God instituted animosity between humanity and the forces of the devil. Praise God. God instituted a, a strife. He instituted a, a contention between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Which means it was never the will of God for us to live in harmony with the devil. I'm here to tell somebody here today the contention that we feel today, it's God-given. It's coming from the Lord. God wants the church to stand in, a, in the year 2023 and still say, we're not holding hands with the world. We're not holding hands with... I wish I had somebody right now. I feel my help coming right now. We're not meant to, to be in harmony with the devil. We're meant to be in hostility against against him. Woo! Hostility was God's idea. I wish I had somebody right now. Hostility was God's idea. Contention was instituted and established by God. I want there to be strife now between you and that enemy that wants to destroy your soul. I, I want there to be uh, not, not, a, not a friendly relationship, uh, not an am, am, amicable relationship, uh, not, not a nice and warm interaction. Uh, I want there to be animosity. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. It's not going to end with you, Eve. Uh, it's going to continue through your seed. Uh, it's going to continue on to the next generation. Uh, they're going to bear the response responsibility to keep a hostile environment against the enemy. Woo. 
You got Bible for that, preacher? You bet I got Bible for that. The concept of hostility is a recurring theme throughout the Bible. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Y'all know where I'm going with this. The Bible says that Jesus spoke and said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The very first mention of the word church in the Bible is used in context of hostility. The very first mention of the word church is used not in a friendly relationship, not in a good, in agreeance or in agreement relationship, but the very first time the word church is mentioned in your Bible, it's mentioned under the context of hostility and contention. You know what this tells me? That the church is an establishment that's conflict-driven. I wish I had somebody. Woo. This tells us that the church shouldn't be afraid of confrontation. The church shouldn't be afraid of engagement, Brother Gazande. The church shouldn't be afraid to rush the gates of hell. That's when the first mention of the church was in. Jesus was speaking and saying, the gates of hell will not remain. I come to preach to this church here this morning. Gates still remain when there's agreement. Gates still remain when there's a peace treaty that's been signed. The Bible specifically states that Jesus said the gates of hell shall not withstand the force of the church. In other words, those gates are not going to remain as long as the church keeps pushing. Mm, I'm talking to a mama. You've got your little child on the other side of the gate. I'm telling you, you've got a prophetic word from God himself that lets you know if you keep rushing, if you keep pushing, if you keep praying, something's about to fall. If this church keeps pushing, there's a city that's about to experience revival. That's what the church is about, baby. It's not about being at peace. It's not about being at harmony. It's not about being in agreement. It's about rushing the gates of hell and pulling them out of the fire. Woo. Hostility is a recurring theme that Jesus continues to bear the responsibility and he says I'm about to be ascended but I'm going to give that responsibility to my church because there should never be a generation that is established on earth that becomes at peace with the enemy that is not the will of God 
that is not what God intended in the beginning. You have to wrap it in your mind. You have to understand that hostility was God's idea first. He established it. And I will put enmity between you and the serpent. Between your seed and the serpent's seed. Look at this. Mark chapter 3 verse 27 says, No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods. Except he will first bind the strong man, then he will spoil his house. I don't know what kind of Bible you're reading, but the Bible I'm reading is describing a hostile environment. He doesn't say you come up and you come to a negotiation with the strong man. If you want, what's, if you want the very thing the strong man has, you've got to bind him first. And there's a strong man in Spokane that wants to negotiate his, himself out of a revival. I've got news to that strong man. There's a church full of enmity in, in Liberty Lake that understands we've got to rise up. We've got to face the enemy and let him know we've got a prophecy. Hostility is a recurring theme in the Bible. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm talking to somebody right now. The very word to tread on means to walk on, not walk with. Oh, come on now. Y'all sitting on me all this Sunday morning. It doesn't say to walk with serpents and scorpions. It says to walk on serpents and scorpions. You can't expect revival when you're holding hands with the very thing that wants to keep you from revival. Let, 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 let me get down to your level right now. There's some of you, you're walking with things you should be walking on. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You're, you're, you're walking with things you in reality have the authority to walk on. And if you just would understand that this morning and get up and, 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 and stir up the kind of faith that you got and realize God's given me authority against everything that's coming against my family. You'd be walking on the enemy instead of walking with him. You know why the Bible says, shout with a voice of triumph? You know why we say it here? You ought to shout with a voice of triumph. Some of you think you need to feel victory in order for you to shout with a voice of triumph. But you're not understanding that you being here is already a victory. Because you had to get up this morning and you had to walk on some snakes to get to the house of God. 
Y'all going to really make me work for this right now, right? I'm going to tell somebody today, you ought to look back for a moment and see the trail of dead snakes you had to walk on in order to get to church. That's why we ought to shout with a voice of triumph because there were some snakes that were trying to keep you from the house. That spirit of suicide was saying, just stay in bed. Just turn the pillow over. You don't need to go to church. Bishop's not there this morning. He ain't going to look. Nobody's going to end up finding out. But you decided to get up. You You decided to get up. And even amidst the opposition, you decided to walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. My family's a mess, but I had to walk on some snakes in order to get here. My finances are stirred up, but I had to walk on some snakes in order to get here. I will not allow my circumstance to keep me from walking because when I walk, I'm victorious against everything. Hell is throwing my way. Listen, you can't tread if you ain't walking. I'm here to tell somebody the most powerful you will ever be in God is not behind a pulpit. But it's when you walk with Jesus. Because when you walk with Jesus, listen to the curse of the enemy. The curse of the enemy was, on thy belly thou shalt go. Someone say it with me. Satan is bound to the ground. Y'all know anything about warfare? Praise God. Anybody know about anything? You know that if you got the height advantage, you got the victory. If you got height advantage, you got an advantage. And so if the enemy is bound to the ground and you're standing and walking with God, you automatically have an advantage against an enemy that's bound to the ground. That's why Paul said, Brother Marks, that you may stand against the wiles of the enemy. Because standing is the posture of victory. Standing is the posture of authority. Standing is the posture of power. When you stand, you automatically have an advantage against an enemy that's bowed to the ground. Hmm. Sit down for a moment. Let me keep preaching to you right now. Interesting enough, hostility continues. 
It goes from generation to generation. Look how important this is. And I'm shifting here right now, but look how important this is. The Bible says that he will put enmity between Eve and the serpent. But between her seed and his seed. So hostility is generational. He was telling Eve, it's not going to end with you. When you die, hostility is going to remain. And you have the responsibility of imparting the burden of hostility to the next generation. And I feel in the Holy Ghost, there's an elder generation that fought against a lot of devils. And fought, fought against a lot of spirits. And, 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 and because of their fighting, we're able to have the building that we have today. And they're trying to impart this hostility unto this next generation. That ought to rise up and say, we're keeping things hostile. We're not compromising, Brother Sergeant. No, we're not. We're keeping things hostile. I wish there was a young man that said, I'm going to rise up. I'm tired of being under contract with hell. That's not the will of God. And the will of God is to be hostile. Listen to this. This is so powerful. The word enmity in the Hebrew, I don't have time to go deep into this. My brother Gizande, the word, the word enmity in the Hebrew actually has a deeper meaning than just hostility. It's, it's a more severe word than just contention. It's so severe that the only English word that is proper enough to translate or to define this Hebrew word is the word hatred. Which means God established a hatred between humanity and the forces of hell. Ooh. Can I blow your mind for just a moment? You want to know where, where is the first mention of the word love in the Bible? The first mention of the word love in the Bible. Y'all still with me, right? The first mention of the word, word love in the Bible is Genesis chapter 27. And it's in reference to food. Not even to God. It's in reference to food. You read it. We love food, but it's been, man, that's been since the beginning. We've loved food. Praise God. Food was the very first thing love was used for in Genesis chapter 27. And the first time it was used in reference to God, it was in Exodus chapter 20. But the first time the word hatred is used in the Bible is Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. You know what that lets me know? It's quiet in this house. You know what that lets me know? Before God ever told humanity what they needed to love, he told humanity what they needed to hate. I am convinced that you are unable to love what you need to love if you don't hate what you need to hate. Yeah. 
We got so many people professing they love Jesus, but they don't hate what he hates. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The word hate is no longer in our vocabulary. We don't preach about it anymore. We don't talk about it anymore. When before God ever told them, thou shalt love the Lord, he said, you ought to hate what the enemy represents. That's why the Bible says, them that love the Lord hate evil. You can't possibly say you love God, but you don't hate what he hates. What does the Bible say? Love not the world. Y'all know that verse, right? Love not the world. For if you love the world, the, fa- the love of the Father ain't in you. I am convinced before you ever love what you need to love, you need to hate what God has instituted us to hate. I can't say I love Jesus and I love sin at the same time. I can't say I love Jesus and I love evil at the same time. You've got to make up your mind who you're going to serve, baby. You've got to make up your mind. I hate what this world represents. I hate what's coming out of this world. And I love Jesus. But look what the enemy does. Look what the devil does. The devil, I'm convinced, did not see the fulfillment of this prophecy. He did not know when it was going to be instituted that the seed of the woman was going to injure the head of the seed of the serpent. We understand that the fulfillment of this prophecy is Jesus Christ on the cross. His death, his resurrection, his ascension, that was total triumph. That was Jesus being bruised, but at the same time bruising the enemy. Praise God. Interesting enough, you read that. uh, 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 An injury to the heel is not as bad as an injury to the head. So if you thought Jesus got it bad, you ought to look at the devil how he turned out. Oh, come on now. I would imagine somebody say, man, Jesus, the, the devil, man, gave, gave you a bad day, huh? You look all bloody. You've got lashes in your back. You've got a thorn, a, a, a crown of thorns on your head. You, you don't have any much blood left. And he'll turn around and tell you, you ought to see how the devil turned out. Because if this was just a heel injury, I gave him a head injury. I'm going to tell you something. Our Savior, he did die, but he resurrected. But the enemy still hasn't recovered from what God did to him. What's my point? The enemy did not know the fulfillment of this prophecy. 1 Corinthians 2.8 says, For if the princes of this world knew, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. 
The enemy had absolutely no idea when the seed of the woman was going to produce that very individual that was prophesied, you're going to trump the head of the enemy. This tells me that generation after generation, Satan was on the edge. Because he didn't know if this is going to be the generation. Or this is going to be the generation. Or that's going to be the generation. He was on edge. Because he didn't know. And so when the first offspring of Eve comes forth, which is Cain, the devil's afraid. This guy may be the one that will fulfill prophecy. This guy may be the one that will crush my kingdom. This guy may be the one that will injure my head. So guess what? There's a, a, an impartation of hostility, but I'm about to shift his hostility towards somebody else. And now Cain, instead of being hostile with the enemy he needed to be hostile with, he turns around to his brother. And strikes his brother. Because the enemy said, if only I shift the hostility, the prophecy is going to be delayed. If only I shift the hostility, the prophecy is never going to be fulfilled. So as long as I get Cain's attention on his brother and off of me, my head stays clear. And I've come, a, I've come with a word for somebody here today. I've come with a word for a church here today that there are prophecies that have been spoken over Cornerstone. There have been prophecies that have been proclaimed over this body, but they remain in delay because hostility is misplaced. So instead of the hostility being turned to where it belongs, it's being misplaced in other places. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. But I've come to tell the church in the name of Jesus, we're about to redirect that hostility where it belongs. I'm here to tell the church right now, under the authority of the Holy Ghost, that there is a strong spirit of unity that's coming to Cornerstone, Liberty Lake. There is a strong spirit of unity that's going to bind us together. Some are saying, when is the prophecy going to be fulfilled? When am I going to get my promise? When are my kids going to be saved? Shift the hostility. The reason why prophecies are delayed is because hostility is misplaced. And the more you focus on your brother, the more the prophecy is delayed from coming to pass in your life. I'm here to speak to a church under the unction of the Holy You feel that right now? I, I, I'm here to speak under the unction of the Holy Ghost. There's some families that are coming back together in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's some marriages that God spoke to me and say, tell them there's some marriages that are about to get back together. There's some children that are about to get reunited with their parents. There's a strong spirit of unity.
You ought to lift your hands and receive that right now. You ought to lift your hands. My house is in chaos. Lift your hands and receive this word. There's a spirit of unity. There's a spirit of restoration. Come on, you ought to open up your spirit right now. I don't feel to keep moving. I feel like somebody's got to get a hold of this word. You got to stop shifting the hostility where it does not belong. I see mamas being reunited with their kids. What I saw in the Holy Ghost was a gap of about 25 to 30 years where you have not spoken to your child. And the Lord said, there's unity that's coming. A house that's been divided is about to be united. Because a house divided against itself will not stand. I'm here to preach to somebody in the name of Jesus. There is a strong spirit of unity. Oh, we're going to be unified by the bond, by the bind of peace. We're going to be unified with love like never before. Where in the past, many got up and they did their own things. I'm prophesying sign right now that one shall arise one body shall get up one army shall arise somebody's getting it right now 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 We've got to shift the hostility. Let me tell you in plain terms, we're not fighting principalities and powers if we're fighting flesh and blood. The Lord told me this. If I'm wrong, Bishop will come and fix this. The Lord told me this. There's four gates in Spokane. Four. This church has tapped into three. And there's one that remains untapped. And the Lord wants to show this wonderful church the strategy in order to make this entire city apostolic. But as long as your focus is on your marital problems and you're fighting against your wife, you're fighting against your husband, and you have shifted the hostility where it does not belong. Prophecies remain delayed. But I see strong families rising up. I see family units rising up. I see strong. Before God, it will ever send families to Cornerstone. God's going to lift up families in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm talking to some brothers right now. You can't be under the same roof as somebody else. I'm here to preach to you right now. You ought to shift the hostility where it belongs. I'm preaching to somebody in the live stream. They haven't come to church in weeks because there's hostility. There's hostility. 
there's contention. There's strife. And God's saying, there's about to be a redirection. There's about to be divine alignment of the body. What happened in the valley of dry bones? God put the pieces back together. He put the structure back together. Before the flesh ever came, the structure was first established. I'm here to preach to somebody. Somebody's structure may be all out of whack. You may be dispersed and your family dispersed. But I've come with a word from God for you this morning. There's about to be a wind of the Holy Ghost. Y'all feel that wind right now? I feel it. It's blowing in this congregation. Some of you, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but some of us are in a fallen state. We have yet to get up. We have yet to take our right position, which is to stand against the forces of hell. You know how the enemy wins a war? By hindering your position. Allowing you to forfeit your height advantage and get eye to eye with him. As long as you remain fallen, you remain in the arena of the enemy that's bound to the ground. That's why Micah said, don't rejoice over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Last night, I heard the enemy rejoicing over some of you and your failures, some of you and your errors and your mistakes, but I'm here to crash hell's party this morning. I'm here to let the devil know we're about to stand again. There's a church that's going to rise up. There's a church that's going to get up, and they're going to regain their position. You should let the enemy know, I'm getting up, I'm getting up, I'm getting up. There's some of you, you only got this amount of faith. But I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost, this is the amount of faith you need. To let the enemy know this morning you're getting back up. So I, the Lord needs you to stir up the little faith you got. And if it means you lifting up your hands, you lift up your hands. If it means you running an aisle, you run an aisle. But do something right now to let the enemy know I'm not going to stay here. You gotta move and let the enemy know I'm not staying here. 
We're making hell nervous. We're making hell nervous. We're making hell nervous. You know what a bruise tells you? Remain standing. You know what a bruise tells you? You know why in the Bible the word bruise is used there? Anybody a doctor in this house? A bruise entails that you are able to recover. That you're able to be restored. If I bruise you, you'll probably have a mark for a couple days or a couple weeks. It'll probably hurt for a couple days. But a bruise can always be recovered from. And so the enemy has been trying to deceive some of you into thinking you can't recover from this. But I'm here to remind the devil, it's just a bruise. <laughs> oh God, it's just a bruise. I can recover. I can get back up. I can be restored. <laughs> Somebody's recovery is in this altar this morning. <laughs> You've been bruised, you've been wounded, your faith has been afflicted, but I'm going to tell you something, a bruise just means you can be healed. You can recover from this. Yeah, it did hurt. Yeah, it messed you up. Yeah, it kept you falling for a couple days, but it's not fatal. I've come to preach to this church today. It's not fatal. It's not fatal. There is a time of recovery for you. What I say in the beginning, I said an injury to the heel is nothing compared to an injury to the head. You suffer more damage being injured to your head than you do being injured to your heel. Which lets me to know what you're about to do to the kingdom of hell is nothing compared what you, what hell did against you is nothing compared to what you're about to do to it. He went after my heel. I'm going after his head. He came after my walk. I'm going after his kingdom. He, he came after my family. I'm coming after those families that are drug addicted. I'm, oh, I'm telling somebody right now, the tables are about to be turned. Come
I'm here to I'm here to talk to somebody. It's your turn now. It's your turn now. It's your turn now. Lift your hands. Somebody's getting up this morning. I feel it strongly in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's getting up this morning. Can you just pray in the Spirit right now? Come on, if you got the Holy Ghost, can you just pray in tongues right now? I feel healing coming into this room. I feel restoration coming into this room. I feel unity coming into this room. I'm here to tell somebody you're about to get up. And hell is about to take it a lot worse than what it did to you. I'm here to tell this church... It's nothing compared. I challenge you to bring your family up to this altar right now. Come on. I see strong families like trees rising up in this church. Trees planted by the rivers of living water. They will not break. Though the storm comes, they will not break. I see strong foundation in this altar right now. You ought to come with your family. If you have fallen, you ought to come to this altar. You ought to lift your hands right now. And you ought to say, devil, I'm getting up tonight. I'm getting up this morning. I'm getting up this morning. And I'm not coming back peacefully. I'm coming back with vengeance. I'm coming back for revenge. You ought to lift your voice right now. Come on, hell's been after your family. There's no time for a peace treaty. It's time to get hostile. Stop fighting with your husband. Stop fighting for your wife. You ought to stop fighting with them and start fighting for them. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. Rejoice not against us, oh devil. Rejoice not against this church. Your party ends this morning. Your party ends right now. Oh, we're getting back up. Shift the hostility. Shift the hostility. Shift the hostility. Come on. Shift the hostility. The prophecy's on the way. Shift the hostility. The prophecy's on the way. Go, 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 go. Yeah. We're shifting the hostility this morning. Come on. We're shifting the hostility this morning. Come on, man of God, you want to lay hands on your wife. You want to lay hands on your children. We're taking authority in the name of Jesus. We're binding those spirits right now. <laughs>